And welcome back to the Old Soul, New Soul podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm Thomas Miller, your host, and Robert now is going to continue our series that we've been in on the nodes of the moon following these various axes, 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 <laughs> on the way around. And we are going to talk today about Cancer and Capricorn, which is the 4th and the 10th. Robert? Well, thank you, Thomas. All right, with the North Node in the 4th house, or in the sign of Cancer, the South Node is in the sign of Capricorn, or in the 10th house. And basically, I think a thumbnail way to think of the nodes, with any moon's nodes polarity, you want to build on the sign qualities of the North Node, particularly in matters signified by its house position, and you want to heal or transform the negative traits and qualities of the South Node sign and house position. So you, you want to fully express the best of your North, North Node qualities and house because you have got those things. You came into this life with those things as a result of what some astrologers would say, good karma. And that is a, a quickie way to think of the North Node, good karma. So I've brought into life these qualities and in this house matter particularly where I potentially uh, have some advantages uh, and you want to then correct the misunderstanding of the South Node's qualities by sign or by house position, because you don't have those from past life neglect or misuse in the, in the karmic sense. So the South Node qualities can be immature or superficial or defensive until you understand those South Node qualities more deeply. And without that understanding, South Node qualities can absolutely be a liability in this life until they are made conscious and, and corrected. And with this axis, this fourth house, 10th house, Cancer Capricorn axis, that involves building and developing and capitalizing on the Cancerian qualities, if you have the North Node in Cancer, or the Fourth House qualities, if you have the North Node in the Fourth House, strengthening and maybe even building a career on Cancer's qualities, such as emotional empathy, people's needs for finding security and a sense of belonging, which can find expression through fields like psychology or medical counseling or marital and family counseling, uh, through teaching, through real estate, government, law enforcement, the military, which both protect societies, security, law enforcement, military, or even just on a more mundane level, focusing primarily on marriage and family in this life, and so on. And then you want to minimize or heal and transform the negative associations of Capricorn with the South Node there or in the fourth house, because there is a, uh, a perceived lack of Capricorn or 10th house traits if you have the South Node up in the in the 10th house or in Capricorn, and particularly here with the South Node in Capricorn of the 10th, the thing that you are born lacking is respect and status. 
And there, you see the evidence. There may be, for example, parental preoccupations or obsessions with status and respect, for example. And to the parents, professional standing and money may mean everything. Because the parents themselves may have come from difficult or impoverished backgrounds in some situations so that their preoccupations with money and status make sense. But to the child with the South Node in Capricorn, a child who hasn't had the time to earn respect or develop a career identity, the parental preoccupation with these outer trappings of success feels like total disregard and respect of the child as an individual in her or his own right. And that can unconsciously translate to the child learning to disrespect himself or herself in various ways, or to have difficulty in truly maturing and achieving their ambitions. So in that sense, the South Node qualities, if they're unconscious, can hold these people back from self-realization and fulfillment. So they have to look at their unconscious need to control and dominate, which is, is a self-protective mechanism in, the, in this situation. They have to look at this unconscious insensitivity to other people's feelings and needs. Um, or a tendency to exploit everybody in every situation for personal gain, and so on. So this existential conflict that underlies this life is really between the private, personal, domestic sphere and the public sphere of career ambitions and more public recognition. And it can be hard to balance between these two. And it can seem like one or the other of these has to be constrained or, or take second place to the other. Also, with this nodal axis, uh, the, the pull of family and tradition and customs and place of birth and so on can be very strong. And people... People with this position sometimes uh, may opt to, to get married and start a family very young, only to later find that their or their mates' career ambitions may pose a threat or a challenge to these family obligations and responsibilities. So there may come a time where they have to decide between raising a family versus wholeheartedly taking the risks that are inherent in pursuing a more demanding or a more public ambition or a career goal. And something else with this nodal axis there I found there, there are sometimes private or personal or family secrets that can threaten their careers and reputations if they are found out. So there is a constant battle with this fourth, tenth Cancer Capricorn nodal axis, a constant inner and, and often an outer battle too between how much time and energy do I give to my personal life and how much to my professional life and how do I balance those constructively? Or do I even want to? 
because sometimes these people will later in life, even if they've gotten married, will divorce and they gradually veer away from even wanting to be married. So completely sacrificing emotional security for outer status is obviously not the solution because that can ultimately lead to inner resentment. So you have people who sometimes say, well, I made the right choice and I kept this steady job for 30 years to provide for my family instead of pursuing my dream of going into music. And they can live a life uh, with this undercurrent of resentment that they didn't follow their dreams, when in fact, maybe their dreams were to have a home and family. But they couldn't accept that because they're harboring these big dreams about being a rock star. Conversely, when you have the, the opposite configuration, where you have the North Node in Capricorn, or in the 10th house and the South Node in Cancer of the Fourth, then you have somebody who says, let's say figuratively, well, I made it to the top in music. I made a lot of money, but at the cost of losing my wife and my relationships with my children in the process because of too much sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Or you have somebody who says, well, I'm, I'm a world-renowned scholar in my field, but I voluntarily renounced love and marriage because I really wasn't interested in them. And now that I'm successful and respected and older, I'm lonely. In fact, it is possible to have both. And that is what this existential conflict can be about with, with this nodal axis, consciously balancing the private and the public lives and trying to respect both and hurt neither. And there really are such people, I think I'm sure we've both known them, who really do have successful home and family lives and very successful careers. Also with this nodal axis, family dramas will often accompany this nodal position. So you've got disagreements and separations or divorces or estrangements in this archetype. And that can mean from mates, husbands and wives, from siblings, from relatives, and from parents. So you wind up in situations like disputes over wills and inheritances. Again, money, status. Dysfunctional early backgrounds you will often find, too, if, if, if the nodal axis is afflicted, especially. A dysfunctional background through factors like a parent's chronic job or money problems, for example, or uh, alcohol or drugs can be problems, or codependent patterns uh, from which the, the person has to either remove themselves or, or can be negatively affected by them all of their lives. So you get this preoccupation with status and position with, with these notes on who's richer, who's poorer, who's superior, who's inferior. And it's very easy for these people to fall victim to trying to live up to others' expectations of what success and fulfillment look like instead of valuing and respecting their own personal achievements. So... If a person with this nodal axis decides to go their own way, let's say, and pursue their own ambitions, whatever those are, their parents or other relatives and family members can consciously try to manipulate them into staying 
You know, you can't go. Your father's going in for surgery or whatever it is. Because leaving to venture out on their own in the larger world and much less succeeding out there without the family's quote unquote approval actually threatens the dysfunctional order of things in a dysfunctional family. And if they're unconscious, the danger becomes finding a sort of perverse security in insecurity so that they will unconsciously create crises and dramas and conflicts of manipulation and control. In these kinds of lives, if everything goes too well and too smoothly and too successfully for too long, that kind of security can feel unnatural to such people. And they may unconsciously, through their own personality and actions, create dramatic situations that undermine their achievements, especially if the modes are afflicted by other planets in hard aspect to it. So there's this need to be in control and to be very fearful of being dependent on others. And that can sort of be learned very early in life and affect relationships even throughout life, unless, again, conscious efforts are made to understand this and outgrow it. So people with this position can often unconsciously react to their early family dramas or dysfunctions in relationship to their bosses and other authorities, as well as in marriage and children relationships. Uh, and usually they will react in ways that are inappropriate. It's very hard for an adult boss to deal with an employee who is operating from hidden childhood agendas, you see, and vice versa. It's very difficult, if not impossible, for a grown-up adult employee to deal with an infantile boss. So underlying all of these dramas is an unconscious need to hurt and to be hurt by other people if, if it's afflicted and unconscious. And this is often as a result of fearing rejection because that was the family dysfunction, constantly hurting and judging each other through insensitivity or anger or ignorance. Um, it's the same thing I said about myself. Please one parent and you hurt the other. Or one parent may be missing, forcing the other parent to take on the responsibilities for both parents and naturally resenting that, which children can interpret as resentment and rejection of them, thus perpetuating this kind of family dysfunction. So being responsible is another big element in this existential conflict. Because on an immature level, this is about parents, Cancer, Capricorn, fourth, 10th, and people with this nodal axis can be unconsciously looking for a parent to take care of them all their lives, to love them and protect them. But they're coming at a relationship from a child's perspective rather than an adult's. And if this is true, then you may find in some way that the parents evaded the consequences of their speech and actions. You see, they, 
claim they didn't say what they said or that they didn't do what they did, always making other people wrong, never admitting mistakes, which these people can childishly, childishly associate with weakness instead of mistakes being a stimulus to learning. Or they can blame alcohol or drugs. That's another very common way of escaping obligations and responsibilities. And I think probably the most powerful and simplest wisdom with this nodal axis is also a very ancient one. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, especially when the others are people that you fear or dislike. And that's kind of a nutshell take on that axis. Wow, that was more than a nutshell. (laughs) And I'll tell you how I'm quantifying this is I had in my conscious years, not my unconscious years, I was in a serious relationship with someone who had the first axis that we started out with here, with the North Node in Cancer and the South Node in Capricorn, and you painted that situation as though you were looking through the window of of that home. I mean, perfectly, right down to the details. Well, I love hearing that, Thomas, but I have to tell you, that is the value of astrology, truly. If you can help somebody with that access, point point out these things, just make these things conscious as an astrologer, hearing them from automatically sets in motion the kind of internal impetus to grow up, to, to heal and transform. I love hearing you say that. Well, and let me ask a question that I'll bet a lot of listeners are asking or have thought about who have listened to the series up until now. They're thinking, how does this guy learn this stuff? How does he know all of this? <laughs> So one of the things that we want to do here is obviously hand off your knowledge, but people have to get their own information and everything. What has gone into you learning this level of astrology? So far, 57 years of nonstop involvement within reading, especially the first, I don't know, probably 15 years or so, Thomas, because after that, uh, I began to, uh, I'll tell you, Uh, At one point, I was moving yet again in Los Angeles, and I dreaded packing up all of my books. I had 900 books or so. I read everything I could get my hands on when I started out. Um, And I thought, God, I dreaded packing up these heavy boxes of books and moving them yet again. And so I decided I would only keep the books that I had actually opened in the past 12 months, and I sold the rest at a garage sale. And honestly, it's probably the only regret I have in my life. There are other things in my life I should regret, but don't. But that one, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of, uh, of reading and, and thinking, mainly thinking. Uh, and we'll talk more as other subjects come up, because I know, for example, we're going to be discussing house systems and why I use what I do. But it's, it's all a matter to me of reading things and trying them out. I'm a skeptic by nature. I was just at a gathering last night here with a, uh, about 24 people and talking to a, a, actually a very prominent lawyer here in town. Uh, what do you do? And I, <laughs> there was a small group. And I said, do you want the truth or do you want the cleaned up version? And he, <laughs> he said, I'd take the truth. And I said, well, I've been an astrologer for 57 years. And he said, an astrologer? 
I said, yeah, who believes it? Who would believe it? Nobody sets out to be an astrologer. And the truth is, I'm a skeptic by nature. And he said, well, so am I. And I said, good, you should be, which disarmed him a little bit. But I am a skeptic. And so I would try everything I was reading in these books, Thomas, to see if they worked or not. And the things that didn't seem to work for me, I just put aside and maybe came back and revisited them later. And the things that did work, of course, I went, aha, that's a keeper. And over time, of course, you you begin to make connections, you know, between things that were written a thousand years ago or longer and things that were written yesterday. So that's how anybody learns, I think. I just happened to be, I was obsessed with it because of the facts that I've told you, about, namely having a scar on my, the left side of my head or face. I thought, come on, how can this old pop psychology astrology be that accurate? Well, it is. And here I am 57 years later. And it's, it just takes you deeper and deeper into life and, and really anything else you want to apply astrology to. So I don't know if that's an answer to your question, but it's a great question. Well, the answer to that is, folks, don't sell your astrological library. <laughs> You'll regret that it. That is exactly the answer. <laughs> All right. This axis is, I think, one of the most starkly contrasted axis of the nodes. I think about Capricorn at the Capricorn Cancer axis as getting out of your head and into your heart kind of thing. What That's a stark true. contrast, right? So because this was so predominantly family-oriented, what axis would be a good complementary mate for someone in this area? Truly, somebody with the same axis is one, they're going to have, diff listen, what marriage doesn't have challenges, but somebody with the same axis will understand, intuitively understand these things. Uh, but if, if you really want to, to try for the best and most complementary axes, you want someone whose nodal axis, either sextiles and trines, both ends of this opposition. So somebody who has uh, the North Node in, say, Virgo and Pisces, or, or either one, the Virgo-Pisces axis would be a good nodal axis for them to get together, because one end of that axis will trine one end of their Cancer Capricorn nodes, and the other one will sextile the other end of it. So that's one. And, and also the Taurus-Scorpio axis. Mm -hmm. So if you were looking to those two things, they would inherently, uh, karmically even, stand perhaps a, a more uh, productive or a calmer kind of marriage. But some people don't want a calmer marriage. I am one, for example. I, too much calm is like death to me. I, life is about action, and it's about movement. And if you're not moving... Uh, something's wrong <laughs> to me. But <laughs> now, you know, we could go so deep into these nodes, and one of the things that we haven't really tackled are the ruling planets, which also have to be considered. But I wanted to ask you this just really quick. On the Capricorn south node side, do you often see a death paradigm? Not death of the, of the native, not talking about that. Maybe something in the past that resulted in death where Saturn and all of its characteristics were more involved in the past that came in through that south node. Do you see that? Absolutely, Thomas. And not only that, I'll take you a step further. You may include self-destruction with that. Wow. Yeah. 
the south node in Capricorn is, uh, if it's unconscious, it, now again, it, it may be very well configured in your horoscope in terms of aspects from other planets, but taken alone, the south node brings with it a past not only of exactly what you're saying about death through Saturnian means, um, but it also accrues a sort of karmic history of lacking respect as a concept. Now, it can come from being impoverished or being born into a situation of slavery or something. But just in the normal course of events, it can show a karmic history of lacking self-respect up to and including sometimes the point of suicide or, or literal direct self-destruction. Self-destruction can also take place in much subtler ways and slower. For example, drinking yourself to death, which can take years. But nonetheless, it's self-destructive and it undermines everything in your life. If, if you have a drinking problem, there are people who can drink alcohol and not have a problem. But that's that uh, keying into what you just did about self-destruction and death, it always is prominent in these people's thoughts because they, they're born into a situation where they were not respected by one or both parents or the community or some. They felt at odds. They felt disrespected from that early parental, their past, in other words, which is what the nodes and the moon symbolize, past lives or the past in this life. So that their search for respect becomes really paramount in their lives, and they are going to achieve it by George, even though it may cost them their family relationships or the relationship with their birthplace. They will, they, that's maybe the only way that they can do it. Well, thank you. That's so interesting on that. We could go on for a long time, but let's get ready for our next episode, which we are going to tackle two that I think, in my own opinion, and we'll see if Robert agrees, are maybe only 10 degrees separated, not so vast as the two we just examined. The next two are Leo and Aquarius, and we'll talk about that next. And after we have completed this series, we will have a PDF available. It will summarize this information and can be a reference resource for you to look at as you are reading the nodes of the moon, whether for yourself or for somebody else. And yes, Robert is booking readings, and yes, they are filling up. But contact him through his website, rglasscock for the number four site, S-I-G-H-T dot com. There's also a direct link to his contact page in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your wonderful comments and five-star reviews in Apple. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.